Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to episode number two of our mini-series with Bill Cates. As we said before, he's been around for a good amount of time in our industry. He speaks all over the place. We're going to talk a little bit more about about his speaking and you being able to engage him, your organization, or even engage him from a coaching perspective. But but Bill's doing us a huge favor right now and providing us with very, very good information, actionable information for you to make changes within your practice so that you truly can become a lot more referable. And today, this episode number two is how to ask for referrals without pushing or begging. Now, Bill, there is schools of thought all over the place on this puppy. So I'm really <laughs> excited to see where you stand. So help us with this, please. Yeah, so here's here, here's the deal. Serving the heck out of your clients, which you should, will create unsolicited referrals. And if you didn't listen to part one, make sure you do that. You'll create advocates, all good stuff. And, and that's your unsolicited referrals are a barometer of the relationships that you form with your clients. And they count, and it's all good. That will create incremental growth, no doubt about it. But if you want to create exponential growth, if you want to grow a little faster, and or if you want to grow in a certain direction, then you have to be proactive. You have to find a way, and I'll share a couple of ways today, of how to be appropriately proactive. You know, some people say you shouldn't ask for referrals. Your clients aren't thinking about it. Well, no, they're not thinking about it. But if you bring it up, they'll think about it. You know, some people say, oh, clients feel uncomfortable giving referrals. Well, yeah, some do, in which case you back off. Look, here's the deal. I can tell you right up front, I can guarantee exactly what's going to happen every time you use the process I'm going to give you in this podcast. Some people will give you referrals, make introductions right on the spot. Everybody's experienced that. We know it can happen. Some won't do it when you ask, but they'll do it later when they're ready. Next time you see them, they'll say, hey, I think I got somebody for you. And some, they'll never do it. They could run a, you could run into a burning building and save their children. They wouldn't make any introductions, but they're not going to stop working with you. And so what we have to understand is there is a way to do this. And anybody tells you don't do it, all they're doing is projecting their fear and their discomfort onto you. And don't let that happen. I've been doing this for 25 years. It works. It works well. Just keep listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we didn't start off the episode one with an operational definition, but I think we, we need to do that now just by mm -hmm. the way you just said that. Tell us what the difference is between a referral and an introduction. Absolutely. And, and there is a difference. And, and we're going to use the word referrals a lot. I kind of use that in introduction interchangeably. But please, when you're with a prospect, a client, a center of influence, use the word introduction because that was, that's what you want. You want a connection. So I'll give you a little hierarchy. So there's like word of mouth, right? And word of mouth is good. It counts. We should all get that from time to time. Like I said, that's a nice barometer. If we get an email, we get a phone, the phone rings and hey, my buddy George said I should talk to you. That's great. But, you know, you usually can't build a business on that. And those people aren't always a good match for, for what we do, uh, right? They're not always qualified. And then there's the referred lead where, you know, call George, use my name. Well, George doesn't answer his phone anymore. And when you leave a message, he's wondering why his friend gave his name out in the first place. 
So these days, because it's just so hard to reach people and they're so busy and they're so inundated by everything, and especially with financial in the world of finances, where people put their head under the sand sometimes and they, you know, we, we have to combat that inertia of just doing what they've been doing, that we have to get introduced. We have to get connected. We have to get someone to vouch for us and say, talk to him, talk to her. It'll be worth a few minutes of your time. And so that's an introduction. How do you do this? Uh, I mean, so let, let, <laughs> that sounds like a really wildly open-ended question, but, yeah, but help is. me with that. Well, all right. So there's two ways to be proactive. Let's, let's cover one way first, which is a little easier, a little more comfortable for everybody and, and plays a role in the second one. So the first phase, if you will, would be promoting introductions. You're not really asking for them, but you're promoting the possibility. And, and most people do this in some way and it creates some results. So I've become kind of well-known for the phrase and I have a book that titled, you know, don't keep me a secret. So a client says, hey, this has been great. We always feel better after we talk to you. Great, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see the volume. You know, please don't keep the support work a secret out there, right? And they laugh, they chuckle, and they go, sure. And so that's one way to promote. Never too busy to be a resource for other people you care about. You know, that's, that's a way to promote. It's not asking, it's promoting, it has its place. I'll tell you, probably one of the most powerful ways to promote the possibility of introductions is by teaching your clients what it would look like if they thought of someone who was a good match for you. And I'll role play it right here. It, you know, Matt, something I want to run by before we're done here today, many of my clients like to introduce the work I do to other people they care about. And gosh, I, I thought if that opportunity ever presented itself for you. It, it'd be good for you to have a sense of how I'd handle it. So you, you know what it'll look like. So you'd feel comfortable. First of all, the work we do, completely confidential. They're not going to learn about your financial world from me and, and, and vice versa. We can't cross that line. Even with Close family members and friends, we, we don't, we can't cross that line. Second of all, we handle this sort of thing with great care, meaning I'm not just going to call somebody and out of the blue and surprise them and make them wonder, why did Matt give my name out to this guy? Nobody likes to get a call like that anymore. I work through introductions. So if you identify one or two or three folks you think should be aware of what I do, we'll talk, we'll, we'll craft an introduction that feels comfortable. And it maybe at least piques their interest in hearing from me, just, but we wanted to make sure it works for everybody. How does that sound? And you go, well, that sounds fine. So now I haven't asked for introductions, but I've really promoted and I, I've shown you that we're going we're gonna to handle it with care. It's confidential. See, the two main reasons why clients don't give referrals or make introductions is they're concerned about confidentiality and they don't know what it's going to look like. So you got to teach them. Notice how I've said, even with family members and very close mm -hmm. friends, because sometimes that stops people from introducing their family to you because they're concerned about confidentiality. You want to make, you want to make sure that, that you talk about confidentiality directly in relationship with this, this possibility of introductions. So there's other ways to do this. I have a lot of them, but those are some of the main ones. And here's what these things do, Matt, is... Sometimes it'll turn into referrals right on the spot. I've seen all of these happen. Larry Denoy in New York got a, a million dollar investment client just by saying, don't keep me a secret to his, to the sister. And the, the, the other sister called the next Monday and boom, became a client. So we know that this works. It can produce, most of the time, it just plants the seed. It promotes it for later. But they also act as a barometer. You see how people react to this idea of possibly introducing you. And so then you start to get a feel you know, maybe I should ask them next time. They seem very open to it. Or they seem pretty 
you know, they said, okay, but you can tell they're very private. Maybe I'll let this build a little bit over time. So that's the value of the promoting side. In every good relationship, whether it's a professional relationship, a transactional relationship, a long-term relationship, a personal relationship, setting clear expectations is something that we have to remember. If you want your spouse or significant other to do something or behave in a specific way, if you don't ever tell them, they're not just going to know clients are no different. So Bill, I love setting that expectation really at the front end, you know, planting those seeds. I've always said that I'm way more of a farmer than a closer. Mm. I'm always planting seeds. Now, when I do need to harvest, I harvest. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love that. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you just, just for a minute. If, do you mind? I don't mind at all. Okay. Man, everything you just said sounded like caramel. Like it was just so smooth. Like, wow. It sounds to me like Bill has said that a few times. <laughs> How do you help people make that their own? Because Bill, that was yours, dude. I mean, that was so, I mean, I felt you when you said mm-hmm. all of that stuff about mm-hmm. setting expectations, but, but a lot of advisors do a very poor job of mm-hmm. just trying to take other people's stuff. And then when they say it, it doesn't sound as genuine. Right. Can, can you help with that? Yeah. So, you know, I provide lots of scripts, but I don't necessarily expect anyone to memorize them word for word. I mean, some people do, and it's fine if it fits. First and foremost, it does have to be genuine, authentic. It has to be the right words for you. As long as you're touching the bases, as long as you're hitting the right principles, then it's fine. And so I definitely encourage people to take what I give and then massage it a little bit. And well, you know, I'd say it this way, or I'd probably say it this way. As long as you're not reducing the effectiveness, and you're probably going to increase the effectiveness because it's going to be genuine and you're more likely to do it, right? People who memorize a script that just doesn't feel right in the first place will just never, they'll never do it. It creates a cognitive dissonance and they just don't want to go there. But there's another element to that, not just getting the words right, but then practicing. I mean, I've, I've done this thousands of times, I'm sure by now. And not, I do kind of have a knack for this. I get that. Not everyone has as much a knack as I do. But it really does come from practice, practice with a real person, practice over the phone, practice when you're driving, practice in the shower. I don't care. Just practice. And so if you don't practice and you want to do something, whatever it is, you're not going to have confidence. And without confidence, you're not going to take action. Right. So what's the opposite of confidence? Well, fear, doubt, uncertainty, inaction. And so how do you get confident with any skill? You practice it. And not enough people practice in this business, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, man, what is up with that, Bill? I've noticed that for years. It, well, it's, it's like awkward. They, it's a little weird. It's awkward. I get it, but get over it. Every professional practices. Surgeons practice. Unfortunately, a lot of times they're practicing on you during the surgery. That's but why they call that's it not practice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they practice medicine. That's right. But I, I absolutely love that. And thank you for saying the the idea of practice. Now, now you. Because, so this is the second episode. You you have something for everybody, like a like a special gift to uh, sweeten the deal on them buying into this brilliance that you've been teaching for over 25 years. Would you mind sharing with everybody? And then I'm going to ask you what I consider, which is the ultimate question. So first off, what do you have for our listeners? Yeah, sure. We have an e-guide that we put together recently for everybody. And the title of it is What Everybody Wants. And it's uh, MultiplyYourBestClients.com. So if you go to MultiplyYourBestClients.com, then you can get this simple e-guide. Uh, it's free. It's good. Get you into our world a little bit. If you like it, great. Hopefully you will. And 
you know, it, 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 for most people listening, this isn't just about quantity. This is about quality. That's why I say multiply your best clients, clone your best clients, right? You want to build a business ultimately of the people that, that you were meant to serve and they were meant to be served by you, these right fit clients. And that's the, that's the power of being willing to be proactive for introductions. Because if you don't ask, you can't direct where this conversation goes and you can't direct who you might be meeting uh, and how you might be qualifying them. But when you're willing to ask and, and direct it a little bit, then you're more likely going to move your practice in the direction you really want it to go. Okay. The number one objection that I always hear is it's going to make me sound like I need it in order to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Or I come across as being pushy. And Bill, I'm going to use somebody who is in my life as a, as a great example, one of my mentors that I had worked with for a number of years in his company. And, and he was he was aggressive. Now, it was part of his personality that, that he would ask for referrals pr- pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. But he was really smooth. I mean, understanding. I mean, he's a cabillion-dollar producer now, and he's, you know, world famous. But how do you... Well, let me... Actually, I'm not going to go there yet. I, I do want to ask that question, but... But do you find that the planting referral seeds that, that you had talked about just a few minutes ago make it easier and less likely for your clients and prospects to think that you're being pushy or begging for referrals? Is it, do you need to follow that whole process? Can you unpack that too, please? Yeah, it really does help. It, it helps you and it helps them. It helps you because of that barometer factor I told you about earlier. You get a sense of how they react. You're also kind of warming up. You're you're just getting used to maybe broaching the subject just a little bit. You're not really asking, and then it for it helps them because when you do ask, it's not a surprise. It doesn't come out of the blue. It's been brought up a few times. So you know, you say that people are afraid of looking needy, yeah, or they're begging. I get that a lot. They don't want to look pushy. You put the client on the spot. You know, I'll tell you though, when when I give my speeches and workshops, and I ask what stops people from asking you, the first word is fear. And then I say, fear of what? And they say fear of rejection. So a lot of people are afraid of the quote unquote rejection that could come when you ask. And so they, they decide that if a client doesn't want to give them referrals or something wrong with them, they're being rejected. And so they don't want to go there, right? They protect themselves. So the key is, is just having the right methodology. Uh, and if you'd like, I can get into that methodology now. It's just, it's, it's having the right processes and with the no, right no, process, yeah. you know, let's go right into that methodology. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So th- think of the, think of the referrals that you get, the introductions that you get as the, the very important people of your, of your business, the, the VIPs of your business. And that's the way you'll remember this, the simple process. So the V is value discussion. Now, if you were listening to episode one, you heard me talk about this a little bit. And this is a check-in. This is the usually near the end of an appointment. Let's say it's a review meeting, you know, an annual or a quarterly or whatever review. And you go, you know, Matt, let's put the market aside for a minute. Let's put the economy aside for a minute. Let's talk about something we can control, which is our communication, our overall working relationship. Anything not working, I should be aware of. Has anyone dropped the ball I should know about? Right. Oh, okay. Great. Well, what is working? You know, how do we continue to earn your business? It's, and we want to know what we're doing right by you. And so we're checking in and we're making sure everything is where it needs to be. That's minimum behavior. In fact, I would say minimum behavior is that. And if someone says, oh, we love you. You know, we love you. Great. 
you know, we're never too busy to see if we can be a resource for others. That alone will make a difference for you. I know, I know it will. Uh, but let's keep going. The I is treat the request with importance. Why do we treat it with importance? Well, for a few reasons. First of all, you know that how you put it out is how it's going to come back. So if you're weak, wishy-washy, apologetic around this, you know, it's not going to be received well. It's like, it goes like this. Matt, I mean, you don't happen to know anyone else who needs an advisor, do you? I mean, if you could think of someone, that'd be great. If you can't, that's okay. You know, I, I think I made you feel uncomfortable. I know I made myself feel uncomfortable. Why don't we forget we had this conversation, right? How you put it out is how it comes back to you. So you want to come from a place of importance. And also the work you do is important, right? And that's where this all has to come from, right? This isn't the old methodology of how you get paid. You get paid through referrals. This isn't about I'm trying to build my business and I can really use your help begging. This is about you asking for help to help others. It's got to come from that place of value. If you don't believe in the work you, you do, then you'll never get to this. That's where that V, that value discussion will help because you're going to hear some good things. One of the ways to treat it with importance, and I mentioned this briefly in episode one, was your client-focused why, why you believe in the value. And that's where it can come into this. You know, I'm glad to see the value in what we're doing, Matt. And you know I'm on a mission to help people like yourself make educated decisions around this. It's so many people uh, unknowingly set themselves up for disaster down the road. And, you know, I'm on a mission to meet and, and reach and help these people. Right? It's coming from that passion of belief. And then the P is permission to brainstorm or permission to explore. This is where a choice of words helps. You know, it could be brainstorm, could be explore, it could be put our heads together, but you're trying to get a buy-in from them. You see, we know that not everyone likes to give referrals, introductions, when it, especially when it comes to financial matters, right? So we can't just plow ahead. The old methodologies just teach you to be assumptive around this, but that's a mistake. That's where people will be put upon and may feel uncomfortable. All we're trying to do here, Matt, is determine who feels comfortable with this conversation, who's willing to have this conversation, and who isn't. And if they don't want to, it's not a big deal. You back off with grace and professionalism, and some of those people will do it later when they're ready. But we're just trying to figure out, if are they okay with this? And I'll, I'll give you the whole verbiage all in a second. Let me just get to the S real quick. So the S is suggest names and categories. And what I mean by that is come prepared for this. Do not wing this. Do not throw up in the whole universe to your client and say, who do you know we can help? Because that usually fizzles. You can't be introduced to everybody. You can only be introduced to somebody. So bring a couple of those somebodies with you in your head of where you might want to go with this. So the bullseye in this suggest names and categories is specific people you know your clients know. They've mentioned them in previous meetings or you figured that they know a couple of these folks. Matt, I know you know, a there's a couple of folks I want to run by. I'm pretty sure you know them. I'm pretty sure I could be a good resource for them. Can I run it by? And you're just out of curiosity, want to want to know who I'm thinking about. Or the next rung on the target, the next you know ring outside, would be money in motion categories, life event categories. Those can be good things to suggest here because if someone has money in motion or a life event, it's possible that their radar is up a little higher in meeting a financial professional. So value discussion, treated with importance, permission to brainstorm, suggest names and categories. So would you like to hear a demo? 
I, I, hold on with the demo, but yes, please. I want to do a demo. I want to talk really quick about, about the, the, you know, coming prepare. Mm. Uh, how, how do you feel about doing a little bit of due diligence using digital media? You know, hey, Bill, I follow you on social. I've actually done this, but Bill, I followed you on social media and I noticed that you and I are both connected with blank. How do you, does, is that part of the S aspect of the VIPS or yes, how can, do you feel? Yeah, about it can be. It can be part of the suggest names and categories like LinkedIn, for instance, is a way to, to see who people are connected with. Now we know, and with LinkedIn, that not everybody knows the people they're connected with, right? So just because they're connected on LinkedIn doesn't mean they know them. I found that what works the best, particularly with LinkedIn, is when you're working a vertical market, a target market. So let's say you're working with people, you know, professors and administrators in a university, or it could be in a large company, whatever. If you identify people they're connected with that, that are in the same department, in the same company, in the same school, in the same college, and the, then there's a darn good chance they know that person. But if you just come up with random names, that's going to be meaningless. If someone's, if that person has also, you know, posted a recommendation in LinkedIn for that person, then there's another piece of evidence that maybe they know each other well. So yeah, LinkedIn isn't the strongest place to go to with this, but it definitely is a place to use. Now, the problem or the challenge that a lot of people feel is they're, it's like they're, my client's going to think I'm stalking them. Okay. And that's, and honestly, Bill, that, that was, that was, thank you for going there. So help us with that. Yeah. So it's easy. Just have some fun with it. Right. First of all, they have a LinkedIn profile. They know people go to it. In fact, they put it out there because either they want people to find it or their marketing person told them they should have one. And right. so <laughs> they know people can look at it. So you're not going to surprise anybody. In fact, people love it. Most people love it when you're looking and checking it. They feel flattered that you've actually taken the time to get to know them. And so it goes like this. It goes, Matt, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. And, and I'm, I'm curious, are you using LinkedIn much for your business? Yes. Yes, okay, I am. Good. I, well, you can probably teach me a, a thing or two. I'm starting to do a little bit more and I'm connecting with more folks. And, and I'll be honest, I, if you felt, you know, like someone was talking to you yesterday, that was me. Um, I, I've been looking at your, I, I really like your bio, by the way. And I like that quote that you posted from Albert Einstein. It's a good one. Um, and, you know, I, I noticed a few folks that it seems like maybe, you know, them pretty well. Uh, I probably could be a pretty good resource for them. And I run a few folks by you just to see, you know, if, if you might feel comfortable introducing me to them. It, it could be as simple as that, or you can have some more fun. You say, you know, I've identified a few folks that I know you're connected with on LinkedIn. They're in the same department as you. So I'm, I'm guessing, you know, them. if I gave you a list of these five people, would you tell me who to avoid at all cost? <laughs> right. Yeah. The client's going to give me the list. Let me see. I'll tell you who Definitely. to avoid. Right. And so that's how you do this. You have a little fun with this and that take the more fun you can have with this asking thing, the, the easier everything gets. Bill, I knew this was going to be a little longer than our other podcast because you just triggered a couple other things that I need to ask you before we, we wrap it up and you kind of give, a, give us some more examples. When you're sitting across from somebody uh, who isn't necessarily your niche, you still love them and you know that they know people within your niche, how would you approach them about introducing you to somebody who isn't just like them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, and, you know, often I get asked, how do you get referred up? And how do you ask, you know, a B client for an introduction to an A? Well, if you know that A is in their life and that's an easy thing, 
it's kind of hard to say, hey, Matt, you know, I was hoping you can introduce me to some folks. I'm really looking for people more successful than you. Uh, that's a tough one, right? <laughs> but if, if you know your clients pretty well, you can say, you, know, have, you, you have the V, the value discussion, and you're, I got a happy client. They're great, you know, and we love working with you. And, you know, you're, you're just a great client for us. And it's perfect. You know, we've also been doing a lot of work with small business owners. And I know you're not one, but perhaps you have some f- members of the family, or if I do my due diligence, I go, I know your uncle Ernie is a small business owner. And we have a lot of special processes. We bring this with small business owners. Gosh, how do you feel about introducing me to uncle Ernie? So you, you, you're asking uh, in a way that you're adding on to and not diminishing them, right? You're not saying I'm moving away from working with you. I'm working with these people. You're saying we also do. My advisor, I'll never forget on the golf course, it was like the 15th hole of, uh, of a course in Columbia, Maryland. And he says, you know, Bill, we've been doing a lot of work with ultra wealthy lately. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, what does ultra, ultra wealthy mean to you? Well, 30, 40 million. Oh, great. Well, where does that leave me, Larry? Don't worry. You're, you're on your way. We're get, we'll get you there. So, you know, it's like when you have a good relationship with your clients, you can ask them anything you want. It's, it's, it's a relationship specific process. You know, I'm sure that you've had many people ask you this over the years, but, but I'm just absolutely fascinated with language Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. besides trial and error, besides you just being so darn good at this. What are some of the resources you choose your words so carefully? And I want people to, to listen to episode one and episode two again. This is going to be one of those mini series, everybody, that you listen to a number of times because you, you really need to hear the choice of words and the sequence of words and also the inflections that Bill is using when he's giving you these examples. So Bill, I mean, have you studied any sort of <laughs> language stuff or I don't mean to like totally nerd out here, but can you help with that? Allez-vous français? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> je m'appelle Guillaume. Um, no, I haven't. I, you know, I do have a bit of a knack for this and, and I couldn't tell you where it came from. But there are some principles at play, and Ooh. and I've I've realized this as I've done this that there are some guiding principles. So, for instance, one of the principles at play here is that people want to protect their relationships, right? And so, some of the words I'll use where I'll talk about no one wants to get a call from the blue, right? Nobody likes that sort of thing anymore. So we work through introductions. It's 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 conveying a principle that people want to protect their relationships. Another principle is that people don't want to feel obligated to do something, right? The old methodology of asking for referrals. Some people have probably been trained that way is, you know, let me tell you, I get paid, I get paid in two ways, one way is referral. Well, that creates a sense of obligation. So the principle is no, it's an earned right. It's not an obligation. A principle is you can't be, you can't be assumptive. You have to be, you have to soften up. So some of these principles at play I guess, allow me to choose the right words. And a lot of it is from doing it a, a, a lot, but I do tend to have a knack. I, I love it when, I, when I'm when i at a workshop or a speaking event and I'll bring somebody up on stage or we'll do a little, you know, business improv. Uh, you know, I love it when I get asked a question to answer something I've never been asked before. Yeah, sometimes I stumble and it's fun. And sometimes I seem to come up with the right words because it's, uh, it's reflecting a, a couple of principles at play. Okay. Now, 
I don't know, a, a number of minutes ago, you, you were going to go into another direction and I totally derailed you. Yeah, it's uh, they can work it around and you can pull some stuff out and make it time-wise work, I'm sure. Oh, you know what? I'm not getting rid of any of this. This was flipping awesome. But but you did have kind of a final conclusion that you wanted to do in this episode. Right. So would you like to do that? Yeah, yeah let's do that. So Matt Levy, let me give you that that VIPS, a sense of it. And I need you to play with me on this one a little bit. Now, this will be shorter than a normal one, but people will get a sense. So let's say this is the delivery of a, of a, of a, of a, it's a deliverable, that's what I should say. It could be a life insurance okay. policy. It could be a financial plan. You know, Matt, we, we've been through a process to get to this point, have we not? I've asked you a lot of questions. You've been very forthcoming with the answers and and, you know, here are the fruits of our labor. And, you know, there's more work to be done. We've talked about that. But I'm just curious, can you tell me the value you feel you've gotten from the process up to this point? Well, you're as thorough as my proctologist. So uh, I do have to say that I appreciate <laughs> the level of detail. And, and I think, Bill, that's really it. It's very apparent that you truly know uh, what you should ask me to, to help me with my long-term Good. financial goals. And, and, and it seemed like we, you know, we definitely got you thinking into, in some ways you hadn't thought before. There were a lot of ahas going off as we uh, had these conversations. Is that a fair assumption? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see the value, obviously a lot more to, to be done in our working relationship, but I wanted to check in with that because I have an important question. You know, on a, on, I'm on a mission to bring this important work to other people. I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to make an educated decision that's in their best interest around this sort of thing. I mentioned that to you a couple of appointments ago. And so I was hoping we could brainstorm, put our heads together for a minute, just see if we could identify a few folks that you think at least should be aware of what we do. I, I do have a couple ideas I'd like to run by you, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, you're not going to just like pick up the phone and call them. Oh, right? no, no, absolutely. It sounds like you, you want to be careful. Have you had something like that happen? Yeah, I, I have. Uh, you know, I'm more than happy uh, you know, to, to begin conversations, but, uh, you know, I've had experiences in the past where pe people, uh, you know, use my name in ways that I wouldn't mm. necessarily. Like. Well, we're, we're definitely not going to do that. And in fact, before I even let you know who I was thinking of, let me give you a sense of what that would look like. I'm not going to call people from the blue and surprise them and wonder why, you know, why did Matt get my name? Nobody likes to get that kind of phone call anymore. I actually like to work through introductions. And in, in a way that everybody feels comfortable. And if someone's interested, great, you know, we'll talk. It, it, it's pretty much like how you and I got together, if you remember. And if they're not interested, no problem. I mean, the last thing I want to do, Matt, is hurt my relationship with you by hurting your relationship with somebody else. So I, I'm pretty soft about this. And I do believe in the value that I bring. So I am trying to help folks. Uh, so what would happen is if we identify, you know, let's say one or two people today, you and I will talk about what the introduction looks like. You know, it could be an email introduction. Maybe we'll play around the golf if these folks play golf like you and I do. We'll come up with an approach that feels comfortable and at least piques their interest in hearing from me. So knowing that we're going to be careful, can I share a couple of thoughts I had? Yeah, sure. Good. Well, I mean, I know your sister and brother-in-law in the area, and you mentioned they're very successful and busy. I think she's a physician and he's an attorney. And whenever I hear successful and busy in the same sentence, I know that there's a good chance they just aren't allowing themselves to take the time to have the kind of important conversations that you just had over the let and I had over the last few weeks. Gosh, how do you feel about introducing me to them? Could we craft an approach that would feel comfortable? Absolutely. 
Good. So I, I, I want to get to know them a little more. We'll talk a little more about that and what that will look like. One more idea I had is you mentioned your uncle Ernie he said he had a successful business. We work with a lot of business owners as well. I went to his website, looks pretty successful. I think I could be a resource. Can we come up with a, a comfortable approach for you to introduce me to him as well? Absolutely. Right. And by the way, I love the fact that you just said that you went to his website. That was awesome. Well, Sorry, I had to highlight well, that. That was really- It's, it's what we have to do. We have to do a little research yeah. on people and I want to come prepared. Sure. And see, I want you to know I've come prepared. I didn't want, I'm not pushing you to do anything you don't want to do. There's a series of little permissions along the way, right? So you're never going to feel pushed upon or out of control. If you have had a bad experience, which you kind of brought up, and I checked it out. I wanted to make sure it wasn't a stopper because it could have been a stopper, depending on how you responded to my my inquiry in, inquiry around around that. Um, and so it's just a, it's a series of permissions. If you're feeling uncomfortable, I'm either going to be able to tell it through body language or the way you start to answer the questions. And in which case, I'm going to say, you know, Matt, you, you said you were comfortable, but I'm getting the feeling that maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. last thing I want to do is go down a, con- you know, a path of conversation that doesn't feel right for you. Can tell me what I'm sensing. Yeah. And, and that's it. And that's how that, that listening and empathetic listening and paying attention. And they love you for that. They just yeah. love you for that. And if, if you let them off a hook, the hook in a way that's just delicate and professional, uh, you know, guess what? Next time they see you, they may be excited to have someone for you. Sometimes they feel bad that they don't feel comfortable because they like you. They see the value, but they're just not ready yet, in which case, fine. You know, let it happen more organically, but at least you planted the seed. We talked about uh, practicing earlier on in this podcast, and, and I, I truly believe that that active listening, that real listening that you were just talking about, looking at the body language, listening to their voice tone, their pauses, their pace, their pentameter, those are things that everybody needs to make sure that they're practicing too. Uh, because that is a muscle, that's a skill mm. uh, that continuously be developed. Well, Bill, this was episode number two. Anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, I have two words for you. Courage and confidence. If this feels a little uncomfortable for you, it's probably because you don't feel confident. So all I want you to do is tap into the courage and you have the courage. You wouldn't be in this business in the first place if you didn't have a great reservoir of courage. And think back when you first got started in this business and the courage it took to do it and to keep going. Well, tap back into that and write this down, write your script, learn it, tweak it, fine tune it, practice it, practice it, and that will build the confidence. You can't ever get good at this and feel and, and do it if you don't feel confident. So you have to do the work to, to gain the confidence. But if you're committed to it, then you'll do it. Awesome. Okay. After listening to this, if, if people aren't actively already pursuing you, whether they've been listening to this on the computer and they're trying to go to your website, let, let's give them your contact information again uh, so that people can engage with, with your stuff, especially when it comes about, uh, you know, the VIP program or the VIPS program and really how all of it works. Yeah, well, there's a line out the door, actually, people that were listening that are now here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll give you three links. Uh, one is referralcoach.com. It's the main website, referralcoach.com. We do have a few coaching programs, one, the gamut in terms of very simple, very affordable things, the things that are more comprehensive. And that's at Coach Cates, C-A-T-E-S, CoachCates.com. And, and if you have the ability to recommend speakers or hire speakers, you know, I love to get out there and do this with folks. 
And you can see my latest uh, speaking reel at BillCatesSpeaking.com, BillCatesSpeaking.com. Thanks. All right, Bill. And the next, uh, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of foreshadowing on the, the final episode of our miniseries, episode number three. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll set that up by just telling you that referrals are worthless. Uh, <laughs> well, what I mean by that is if we don't get connected, it, we can identify people that they know, but if they don't connect us with those people, then it may be for naught. So that's why we're using the word introduction as much as possible, because that's what we want. When I say, let's talk about someone you might feel comfortable introducing me to. So next session, we'll talk about how to go from that willingness to refer to a real introduction. Wonderful. All right. Well, if our listeners haven't listened to episode one, make sure you go back and do that. Uh, also, make sure that you are checking out all of those websites and links that Bill just talked about. We'll make sure that those are in the show notes. You can click on them with no problem. And after you heard this and the language specifically uh, that Bill is consistently using throughout these, these this miniseries and this podcast, make sure you just share this with your other friends and family. Now, they don't have to be financial services professionals. Remember, I mean, Bill teaches this to just about everybody because everybody needs this education. And if you have any ideas, once again, or if you have any comments about the podcast, all you have to do is email me at matt at topadvisorm.com, and that M is for marketing. And we'll see all of you on the other side of the mic for episode number three. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.